gone time Let the fire begin I don't want to waste a waking moment It's block time And this is your host, Michael Tidwell And this is Michael B. Casey Who is also a host I, I'm also a host <laughs> So Mike... Today we are at an all-time high. This week, I'll just call it the all-time high Not week. Today. We're, ba- we're back down today, right? As of like the last like eight hours. Well, I think you, you get the drift. Yeah. But uh, anyways, lots, a lot has happened. Quite a bit, yeah. Obviously, the price is, is exciting. Pump, pump, pump. Yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, the elephant in the room. I just want to. I just want to get rid of. Uh, get out of the way, so we can talk about other stuff. What I'm what? talking about the BU breakup. Oh yeah, those guys had a falling out, didn't they? I. You know, it's hard to say because I almost don't want to be trolled by them. And. So- <laughs> You know, they'll come back and be like, ah, we tricked all of you. This this reminds me of, you ever you ever see the interviews, like whenever one of the members of, of Jackass is being interviewed, they always cut their balls on the, you know, live on the interview stage, and, and somebody answered one time, I think it was Johnny Knoxville. The reason they do that is because whenever they're around each other, they're so used to getting punched in the nuts that they reflexively guard their nuts everywhere they are all the time. So that's, that's you. You have uh, nut punch syndrome. I mean, it, it's really like... I don't want to be trolled, yeah. and and I just have a funny feeling, and it, it's starting to wear away because they're they're just going so hard with it. If if it was a trolling, they're they're going to the point where okay, you got me, you know, well, like it's it wasn't funny. But I mean, I find it believable, but I'm pretty gullible for stuff like that, I guess. You know. um, but yeah, I don't know. I could totally see like because uh, what'd you what'd you call this whole affair? The BU breakup? Yeah, I think you called it Pepe Gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to to be fair, someone else said that first, but I definitely repeated it. I think someone said it in the Auto uh, Exotica channel during uh during uh Jason and Junsa. I mean, uh, g- interview, but <clears throat> given the two personalities and basically what they're all about, uh, I, I could totally see that being a divide. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what sucks? I, I kind of wanted to talk shit about BU with some of their talking strategy stuff. You know how they kind of resort to, oh, well, I'm an idiot, so it doesn't matter. Kind of, you know, crap. Mm, yeah, and that's, uh, that's their tactic. Is I, I'm, but, I'm a but, moron, and therefore you're dumber than me because you can't answer my question. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> well, instead of doing that, I want to say something nice about BU. This kind of spur of the moment thought. I want to give a shout out to uh, Krista Rose and say that, uh, you know, meeting him in Miami uh, was a pleasure. Yeah, that and was a fun time, actually. I meeting Junsa in Miami was a pleasure. Um, one thing about Krista, maybe a lot of people don't know, or, you know, at least outsiders, he's a pretty solid guy. He wouldn't let me pay him for anything. And, and when I say that, I, uh, like, for instance, I forgot. Um, uh, a gift for my mom in Miami. I bought her a gift for her birthday. And uh, he returned it to me, shipping, no problem. And I was, like, trying to say, like, hey, you know, let me uh, pay you for shipping or whatever. He, he, he like, 
completely like ignored my request to help, you know pay for it. So I mean, I, you, I mean, I mean, he, he struck guys. me as a pretty pretty good yeah. guy. I mean, I, so that's the thing. In person, most people really are, especially in this space, and that's that's one of the things is you can like on the internet, it's so just easy to get in these violent. Oh, I hate but, this asshole, but you know. But, but you I know mean, what's it's, funny? Everybody's just kind of cool. Yeah, but you know what's funny? They'll be that way in person to you too. Yeah. <laughs> well, they I don't. Mean, they don't here's change the thing. between online and in person. They're they're and a lot of people aren't ready for that kind of intensity, which is funny. <laughs> we interviewed we interviewed Junseth, but I actually never spent any appreciable time with Chris while we were in Miami. He was just too busy interviewing people, so he's just like nonstop interviewing people. So so I can't really speak to the guy himself, but like from what I did see, he seemed like a pretty good guy. It's very encouraging. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. Um, all right, well we got that out of the way. Obviously, block time is going to fill this void, of course, of non BU, and you know it's going to be interesting to see what they do if they get back together or if they uh, if they do like their own thing, like Junseth. I saw was doing interviews with like Jason. So they have uh, like Cyber. a reunion tour, you think? Um. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, they they might get back together, but they might do their own thing, which is going to be interesting. I don't know. It's just kind of see. But now that that's out of the way, let's talk about, I guess, other things. <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about. Uh, so so hold on. So the last time we were, last time we were here discussing stuff, we were talking with Cl Chris Kleeschult. Um. That was about a, what, a week and a half ago? Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. We hadn't hit the all-time high yet. That was amazing. What do you What do you mean? What do you want to talk about with Chris uh, Kleeschel? Oh, just, uh, I mean, it's kind of like just, uh, if we're talking about all-time all highs, we, we really cannot ignore Dash. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Dash is at an all-time high. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, you know, it's funny. For all the haters well, in the it, coin... No, it's definitely not anymore, but it was. <laughs> well, no, but for all the haters in the coin dojo, uh, Dash probably didn't hit a lot of people's radar. Oh, well... As far as, like, what the price was doing. I mean, I mean, Dash has, like, almost no supporters in the coin dojo. Oh, of course. Of uh, course. They, they hate it. They absolutely hate it. Yeah. And, and uh, granted, I've, I've lost some interest in it but i haven't gone like full hey this is you know nothing i'm interested in kind of deal but you know that price jump was insane dude i kept thinking like how the hell is i mean you know there's that article that uh you 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 sent to me like where yeah. actually talk about that that, that well, was interesting I mean, basically it's some some one of the traders on dash pay gave the most plausible explanation that i saw um and it was that there was uh, basically a lack of liquidity in the funding on the major exchange. But it was for shorting it was or for something. Shorts. Which yeah. is so, so freaking funny because they're mm -hmm. betting, okay, the price of Dash is going to go down. Now the liquidity is dried up from that. And now there's no Dash to well, buy. So so what happens is is you get into a position where if you, if you run dry on liquidity for leverage trading, you end up in a squeeze position, you know, short or long. And this was a short squeeze. And what what happens is when the shorts, you know, enough shorts don't make their nut, it reverses and everybody gets margin called and then the price just goes through the fucking roof. And, you know, I've seen that happen in a lot of different things. That's that's one of the reasons leverage trading is just asinine. But Well, it's definitely for the gamblers. Well, yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, it's pure, pure gambling. I, 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 I like the fact that crypto is a bearer asset. And you can't lose more of it than you put in. So, here's something funny. We just had a distributed markets 
uh, conference. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which really kind of, it, it didn't really piss me off, but it was kind of funny how we probably could have gotten in for free. Yeah, easily. I know. Well, and, no, no, and no, no. We, we, we could have gotten in for free. We could have gotten tickets for free. And we paid anyway, but we didn't even need the tickets because we didn't actually go into the... Well, I, I went to the first two, but we, we could have not. It would have been pretty much as entertaining and, and, and educational if we hadn't. We, I mean, I didn't even go to one talk, so... No, uh, well, anyways, you did, definitely didn't have for, to. For, for the audience, uh, we had a distributed markets uh, conference and a hackathon. Um, so that's BTC Media's uh, yeah. shindig. This was wait wait when we did the Chris Cleeshow that was that was like the day before the hackathon right? Yeah, it was okay. So we can also talk about the hackathon. Yeah. Okay. So I, what, I still don't know what the <laughs> fuck you did. I'll tell See? you. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, so so real quick, I think I was like telling. Okay. So the distributed markets uh conference and hackathon uh that was what last week. I don't know. They just all blur together these days. Two weeks days. ago, I, I've been so busy. I don't know. Every every day is a. I don't know. Anyways, um, what was I going to say? Okay, so the hackathon, had, your project. All right, sure. Let's start with the hackathon. Uh, hackathon was pretty cool. I had a really good partner, um, a coworker of mine, and we built a badass uh, system, which I really believe can be something. Like it, it really probably is like a building block into something huge uh, for proof of existence. Okay. And the idea idea that we went with was IoT in the oil and gas space. So essentially we mocked up some IoT devices and... Oil and gas space? So like uh, energy? Yeah. Mm. So anything... Well, I mean, anything that has data coming in, we could have done. But uh, essentially a lot of these systems that people use to collect data... All that data isn't going to go straight to a database. It's actually going to go to a message broker. And then from that message broker, you'll um, have a consumer that will then uh, consume that data and then actually send that to a database, like a, like an Oracle database or a Hadoop cluster or something. And um, that's when like all the data analysis is done, when it starts to get into those SQL databases and whatnot. So... My my idea was, well, if this data is going to be going to a message broker, let's integrate into an existing message broker or go ahead and provide our own message broker that can easily be consumed from and uh, produced to. And uh, anything that actually makes it into that message broker cluster or that message broker system is going to go ahead and get pegged to the Bitcoin blockchain in the generic fashion of, you know, we're going to make a Merkle root, you know, very efficient, scalable way of, you know, pegging stuff yep. to the Bitcoin blockchain uh, using Tyrion. So um, that, that was the hackathon idea, if that so, makes sense. So, and then, I mean, I, I get what you did. What I'm, what I'm curious about is what, what's, the, what's the why? What's the value add? Uh, the value add is, well, do, do we need proof of existence? I mean, that's... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. We had some value. Okay. So, so as far as the hackathon value add, it was um, we can we can make sure things aren't tamper proof, right? So you have to already think that proof of existence is a good use case, right? That's debatable. Like for instance, John said. So when you're talking about IoT for for oil, sorry to interrupt. Um, you're talking about that. So what what kind of machines are, are supplying the data? I mean, Dude, what, just the- sensors collecting temperature, collecting hydraulic information, whatever. It could be literally a sensor 
is collecting, you know, sometimes you know a thousand things per second, mm-hmm. and it needs, you know, it's probably using Apache NiFi or some custom built, you know, uh, solution to to write that data very quickly. Uh, using like some kind of Zigbee protocol or right. well, whatever just, it might I'm be using. Saying, well, what's the incentive for somebody to tamper with that data? Oh, I mean, to potentially, I don't know exactly, but let's say um, you're trying to pass like some kind of inspection or audit. Yeah, maybe you have to you 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 rig it around, but you know it, that that's getting to a point that I would have to, you know, research and understand more about, you know, hey, is this actually a problem for that industry? Yeah. Which is which is a really good point. You know, it might not be a problem. And that's uh you definitely want to focus on industries where, you know, this is potentially an issue. Yeah, I mean like like healthcare makes a lot more sense because there's so many regulations about those records oh, and well, yeah. Guess what? There's <laughs> what? more regulations uh, in restrictions in the oil and gas space than healthcare for data though. No, no, no I'm just talking about in the space. Right, right. In the space in yeah. general, yeah. There's yeah. way in more regulation in the industry. Right, not, right, right. Yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, so, so the healthcare is, is healthcare yeah. is right behind oil and gas. Well, yeah, yeah. But this I mean, that's, that's for total regulation. Yeah. But yeah, the only thing is, uh, I don't think their data is heavily controlled. Is like versus oh, oh. versus the private data medical histories yeah, so, of people. So, so essentially. Uh, the research I, do- I did was there was, uh, and I kind of forget, it was like, I think, oh God, uh, I, some crazy amount, like $800 billion, right? $841 billion over, well, that the, sounds like the, over the next the decade. energy industry, man. So, they so, they so, make money hand over fist. Well, well, check this out. Over the next decade, $841 billion is going to be put in, just into IoT for oil and gas. That sounds about so, right. So essentially... My solution isn't just going to collect this data and help, uh, you know, provide like a message broker potentially or integrate into a message broker for proof of existence, but it's also going to consume out into a database and help provide data analysis. So um, a lot of what the hackathon was, was providing additional value, like being able to see a map with the last, uh, you know, measurements per the IoT device and, Mm. you know, seeing like kind of like a heat map on a map, which that was like version two that we didn't really quite finish, but... It, it was, it was, you know, the blockchain piece was definitely a piece of it, which definitely was the core uh, potential value add. But we are also trying to add value with uh, different ways um, as well. Cool. Um, all right. So the hackathon was there. I didn't win, by the way. I, I had a really good idea. I feel like I should have won third at least. But, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm cocky. Um, the judges... Uh, Ultimately, the the first place prize was actually interesting. I'll talk about that. Um, it was called Dead Man's Block, and I and I liked the idea because I was thinking about this like literally during the hackathon. I was like, "Oh, this was this would probably be cool if I did this." Um, so essentially, the guy made like thought of the idea. I don't really know if he made like a working model. I really don't think he did, but I think he mainly won on the idea. Um, essentially, if you don't log into a, like a website or program within like two months, it'll just assume you're dead, and it'll like try to like give away your Bitcoin to like the people you've designated. So essentially, you know, if you die, your Bitcoin aren't just locked forever. You know, yeah, and you know, and you could you could take something like that and have it go to it to a multi sig that has yeah. different parameters than your primary so you could get it back if in fact you're not dead yeah <laughs> but yeah so that's interesting i mean i've heard a lot of of people talk about that use case and that problem because you know it's 
Yeah, the same uh, same old uh, analogy. It's like it's like burying gold in the backyard. If you just have a private key that nobody knows knows about or has the password to or whatever, uh, if you if you have that and they don't know where it is or you know, it's gone. It no longer exists. So, so yeah. uh, so we did. All right. So let's move on to the conference. We kind of pulled a Bitcoin uncensored uh, at the conference. So like Mike was saying, he only went to a couple talks. I, I went to zero talks. Uh, essentially, we got the soundboard, microphones all set up. and We, we had uh, the most fun, though. Oh, man, we had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> uh, people, in the, people we, we had plenty of guests. Like, we had to cut a lot of those interviews short uh, yeah. because we had, like, more interesting... Or, you know, not say that those people weren't interesting, but we wanted to make sure we got enough uh, uh, interviews in. We, all together, we interviewed 11 people, Yeah, uh, which was kind of cool. Uh, and I, th- I feel like it was kind of a marathon there. For oh a God, bit. dude! I don't, I don't see how, I don't see how Chris did Miami. Oh, like, well, they took breaks every once <laughs> yeah. in a while. But um, what was I going to say? Um, I feel like, y- y- you know, we might have produced better content than the talks and panel during the conference. I'm not sure, but uh, it's entirely I to- possible. I mean, <laughs> but you know, because I usually don't get much out of the talks and panel discussions. See, I actually thought the one that one of the two that I attended was pretty good because um, it had a bunch of the exchange uh, heads and they were talking about just investing in Bitcoin. I didn't get anything out of it personally, but I, I get it. I get the sense that the, a lot of the people in the room did. Well, all right. So my whole th- my whole deal with going to those talks is I want to actually get something out of it. Not that it's just interesting. Like, for instance, flips. If if I heard flip talk, was awesome. I wouldn't get anything out of that. I, it would just really? be a fun. It would just be a fun talk to listen to. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't gain too much new information. It wouldn't be view changing. Yeah, but yeah. it's awesome. No, no, no. <laughs> like, like that's fun and all, but it, I think I actually learned a lot of stuff talking to the you know to the people that we talked to. Yeah, and, and asking them the questions oh, that, we did. That's definitely yeah. Yeah. Um, Plus, it, it's it's a lot different hearing somebody because you maybe get to ask one question of a panel as as a spectator. Oh yeah, versus versus, versus hey, let's talk about this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the interviews we did um, out out in the lobby. So uh, we did interview Charlie Shrum and Anthony DeLori. Am I saying uh, that right? I don't know. I'm terrible with names. I, I didn't realize how I thought it was big. DeLorio. I didn't realize how big time he was. Oh, dude, yeah, me neither. He's. I, he's I big. really. I feel like you know. There's some people you should know. Like the first time I met Wayne, Wayne Vaughn, uh-huh. I was like, Wayne, I've never heard of you. <laughs> he's like, Oh, you should have. Like, I'm like, Yeah, I, I, I just don't know anybody. Like, uh, and I guess Anthony was one of those people I just didn't know. Yeah. So Anthony was uh, recap real quick on him. He he was one of the co-founders of of Ethereum. Shoot, he made it sound like he was one of the main yeah he was founders for no, sure. No, he was yeah. one of the main founders of Ethereum, and it was so funny that he then said, "And then I sold all my Ethereum yeah. at the top." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, he was very open. Yeah, he was with he was. uh with his you know. So, oh, re- get before that, he started Satoshi's Gate, um, and sold that. I think it's Satoshi Gate. What Satoshi's was that again? Gate is a gambling site oh, akin okay. to Satoshi Dice or Just Dice. Uh, and they sold it, probably not for nearly as much as uh, as Eric sold his, but um, but still, he said he took all of that, and then he took it in Bitcoin, and oh God. then he, it hit a thousand, and then he took that, <laughs> what I mean, it? And, and he used it to to uh, do the seed funding for <laughs> Ethereum. So he was pre dude pre sale. Oh my God! <laughs> Back when it was like. 
what, like a half a bit cent he per was, ether? He found, or founder no, no, shares. No. Founder I, shares. It's like a hundredth of a of a bit cent per ether back then, or something. So like they, crazy, they like. held like a crazy amount. Two thousand. It was like two thousand ether per Bitcoin when it first came out. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is way before then because he oh, got geez. founder shares, so they're, they're, he got even more. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I mean, that guy has whatever. I mean, I don't know. So so then then what did he do? Is is he he divested, went back into Bitcoin, and then he started Jacks. <laughs> and, and then and then he said he put all of his money into all of his crypto into bitcoin and then of course bitcoin goes to like 600 to like 1200 yeah i mean the guy's just doubling his money all yeah he, he said something fun like i don't know i, I thought he was like kidding but he said that he made like five thousand percent returns or something like this year yeah um that's I don't amazing know. and so and he said that he you know he just this is the thing I found the most interesting. Him being a founder of Ethereum, he personally <laughs> public about disagreed with the DAO split. He disagreed with the rest oh, of yeah. the Ethereum. No, no, well, I was confused about that during the interview because I thought he was saying the opposite. No, he was yeah. saying no. No, no, no. no. At, first, at first, I thought yeah. he was saying the opposite. <laughs> and, and, and and I found that fascinating. Of course, you know, he's he's an old school Bitcoiner, right? Yeah. So I'm not, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he would have that opinion. Oh yeah, he got in early. Yeah, like so, 2011 so, or well, you know, I mean, it's, it all goes with the libertarian mindset and the whole immutability thing, and yeah. So so you know, I, I totally see both sides of that issue. I see why people think the yeah. way they do. We did we did not do a good job asking Charlie Shrum hard questions. I admit it. Uh, yeah. One thing that we totally botched on was not asking him about the MIT token sale because it would have been interesting to hear like, hey Charlie, how many tokens do you think now, you're going to sell? By and MIT, then, just for clarification, the main street. Uh, <laughs> index trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just don't say MIT. It sounds like Massachusetts. <laughs> so, um, well, anyways, we, we completely botched not asking him about that. Instead, we talked about the stupid mackerel stuff that he's already explained like a thousand times. Even though it was like interesting to hear about that, uh, we've already all heard it. Um, so I apologize for us not asking the, that question. Well, he did talk of quite a bit about IntelliSys and Main Street. Um, yeah, but we didn't ask him any hard questions about it. Well, no, but I mean, he's investing in a garbage truck company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you did you hear that the the plan completely botched? Hold on, let me show you. Yeah, I did hear that. Did you did you see like the? Yeah, they they had to abort. Yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't sell enough. No, 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 no. I don't think it had anything to do with uh them not selling enough. I think it was uh oh god. I, I don't remember. There's there was something where it was like we have returned all tokens to all investors and that we've had technical issues or something. No, I, I heard it wasn't technical issues. It was actually the fact that they only sold like a hundred thousand dollars worth of a token in the crowd sale. I mean Maybe. it's kinda hard when you cut out the entirety of the US market. It's it's really hard to get a momentum going for especially for a US based company. Well anyways. That's uh, a garbage company. So by the way, we have not put up the Charlie Shrum Anthony interview yet. Uh, that'll probably go up tomorrow. Um, let's see. Let's talk about what about the David Boric and John Quinn interview? That was funny that we actually that got was, his brother. It was random. Holy shit! Because because we you know we didn't know who he was. He was, <laughs> he was just a hackathon uh, participant with you. 
And, you know, we pulled him over. And he's like, oh, yeah, my brother's David Moore. I was like, oh, really? And then John's to walk by. Because <laughs> we were trying to get Sean. And John walked by. Oh, yeah. By. It's, like, it's like we got the second tier. It's like, hey, it's like we got the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's the, talk decentralized storage. Hey, John. The second, the second string for. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got sec second stringers for both. It was actually really cool. It was oh, really man. interesting. I learned so much. I, I learned yeah. so much about storage. Well, and see um, it too. Sia, Sia. Even he doesn't know. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. You, you know, learning more about storage is uh, making me think a lot that Storage Labs is going to be greatly more successful than Storage Coin, like the Storage X Coin. Yeah. Because, uh, like I, I kind of agree. I just don't like um, the fact that they're holding ninety percent of the reserves. Um, now, now, granted, you know, they're probably not going to try to devalue that. You know, they say they have like some professional guy that's going to, you know, help them distribute that in a smart way, but it just, I just, I don't know. Like for some reason it just goes against like what I think of as like, for instance, I would like normally I would probably not invest in anything. Like, and, and it makes me not want to invest in storage when I know that they have 90% of the reserves, like if Bitcoin had 90% of its reserves like some like you know owned by like a you know someone or like a party or well, a company. I mean it's very ripple-esque um, oh it's 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 ripple entirely the ripple same, the same deal yeah. with ripple uh, well it's yeah well ripple's a centralized store and they own all of the ripple like 90% of the ripple um, well, so so I mean it's the same same similar issues that I that I have with ripple that way and and it's just I don't think it's 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 smart to speculate on such an asset well I just feel like why, why don't I? I mean, this is this well, is just maybe, my opinion. Maybe maybe very long term. This is this is just my opinion. If you have five hundred million storage coin, I would like. This is just me. Granted, I'm not smart. I'm an idiot. I would release all five hundred million immediately. Kill the price. Like make the price like point zero 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 one. You know point zero 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 one Bitcoin. You well, know, a I mean, storage. You don't even have to do that. You can you can do an an issuance schedule. You know what I mean, and you could with do, counterparty. Maybe oh, I not. Don't know. I don't know. No, well, no, no, no. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a protocol level, but you can enforce it at the company level because they can decide to do whatever the fuck. Well, they yeah, want they to. could. They could just say, "Hey, we're gonna." Right. Well, they they've kind of done that. Uh, like they said, they're gonna release ten million in two thousand seventeen max. But that's that's a maximum. I mean, that yeah, that's not help. that's not guaranteed. <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, it's not guaranteed they'll release ten million even. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a steady issuance schedule, it, it does a lot for confidence because you know what your supply is, yeah. uh, or your, your delta in supply, at least. Yeah, I mean, I had a little bit of storage coin. I just I just feel like I'd rather invest in storage labs than storage now. Um, yeah, granted, but you can't. Granted, That's the thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> granted, watch watch what happens. I bet you storage coin is going to go up, and I'm going to have no storage coin. and be like, oh, I should have bought well, some. Well, I mean, you know, we... Like we saw in Miami, we saw Rasa. He did a uh, uh, they they did a a crowd sale on the Mycelium wallet. But what what does that buy you? It's a free wallet. I don't see how it ever makes money ever. Yeah. It's a free wallet. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. We can just jump into Sean's uh, interview as well. You know, when I was asking Sean about the the fees that you pay through counterparty versus. Uh, you know, Bitcoin. When you know, they say like, "Hey, you know, we use a a service that helps us, you know, make it one transaction." So they have like one input going, like, let's say, I don't know, five hundred outputs. Mm -hmm. You know, why not just use Bitcoin? You know, it 
and, and I was thinking maybe they're not using Bitcoin because Counterparty has some magic sauce under the covers that have like really small transactions. But to me, it seems doesn't that doesn't seem likely. I'd like for someone to comment on this uh, on this audio track actually, if you know more about this, because it, it's starting to make me feel like why not just use Bitcoin for some of these decentralized storage uh, payment ideas? Because well, sure. you're already wait, hold on, real quick, you're you're already centralizing the payment output, similar to like how how you have to trust Tyrion uh, for the ten minute interval to see if they write to the Bitcoin blockchain. After that, you don't have to trust them. Mm-hmm. With Storage Coin, you have to trust them for a whole month. Yeah. Before, you know, with, with Tyrion at least, you only have to trust them for that 10-minute period until, you know, on average. And then, okay, it's in the Bitcoin blockchain. I don't have to trust Tyrion anymore. It's, it's a real easy way to check. With Storage Coin, you literally, if their payments are every month to their uh, holders, you know, this... I mean, yeah, the payment mechanism is kind of decentralized, but it's like only being done once a month and it's it, it's not really what i thought it was i guess i don't know what, well, what's your thoughts he, he did bring up because i remember we were talking to him he brought up and he alluded to uh a so, so something in the works to do micropayments on counterparty like microtransactions man that's gonna be so great um, i mean storage I mean, is but yeah but i mean is it a guaranteed you know is it <laughs> you, you know it almost makes me wonder what is storage and decentralized storage going to look like with like lightning network where i guess like instead of having like storage labs uh pay out stuff every month you maybe have everyone connected to like the storage lab uh hub of of, of payment channels and then actually storage becoming like really freaking awesome for micropayment storage kind of ideas i don't know well i mean you know if 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 anybody nobody has got a successful decentralized uh micropayments mechanism i think side does because their blocks aren't really like they don't have like crazy load well yeah but oh, I wait, mean, wait, actually i don't know about that yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't go there yeah. i mean they're i don't think they do honestly no i mean it, it, it and okay even if you could do it can you do it at scale it's well um, i mean that's my big deal that uh you know right now as it currently stands with Sycoin or sia coin uh, to upload, you have to download the entire blockchain, which isn't a big deal right now because it's only like a gigabyte or two. But you know, if that becomes immensely popular, well, yeah, it's not gonna, it's mean, not gonna be fun to download the entire blockchain to upload and, a small and I'm file still or something. Curious because he he couldn't I'm 100 verify, but the way he made it sound is that's not a hard technical limitation. That was just a way that it was implemented, so yeah, it can so be corrected in the future. Okay, so some kind of like some kind of SPV idea where you, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you know, because I, as long as there's nothing, you know, like because like Monero, because of the use of stealth addresses, you you have to download the entire blockchain. Yeah. So yeah, if if you want a current accurate, I still record. I still I mean potentially but I don't think Sia's like that. I, I still don't see potentially any issue with Sia using their same methodology, but then just using their using Bitcoin as the as the payment structure. Yeah, I, I mean I don't, I don't know. know a lot of it. I don't know. I almost, I almost wonder, like, if Lightning Network ever comes out, because I can't just say it will. Um, if if these decentralized storage ideas become vastly different, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see how it evolves. That'll be an interesting area to watch. Yeah. Sean, if you're listening right now, I, I love your project. I just, you know, just send you a little bit of, I guess, constructive criticism. I don't know. Uh, Sean's or great. just whining. I'm just whining. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Sean, Sean's great. Um, yeah. I, I've I've never, I mean, cause just because I don't I don't sell out hard drive space, so I've never used storage or I, or I've, Sia. Just you know, it's funny as I use storage, I had no idea what I was doing. I thought maybe like 
you know, I knew they were paying me, but I, I don't know. Like, it seemed like, I, I guess my big confusion was this whole time I thought it was going to be set up where uh, Storage Labs wasn't facilitating all the payments. And it seems like that's definitely their, oh, their plan. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's strictly separated. Storage itself is separate from Storage Labs. And, and anybody could come oh, in I Amazon know. if they wanted. They could set up a storage network using storage uh, and, and run their own shop, which is interesting. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, they are the market, yeah. Storage Labs. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, uh, oh, you want to talk about Andrew Keys? Uh, yeah. That was cool that we got to interview him. And we're not big haters like the coin dojo on uh, ethereum so we actually probably let them talk a lot more than <laughs> what other people would have I, let them I talk. still think ethereum is, is is an interesting project um i think there's definitely a need for what it does i mean oh yeah we talked about that uh the the, the other night at dinner with those people with we're talking about smart contracts with the window maker yeah that was that was interesting like because I, I was kind of like, idea, okay, give me an example why we need a smart contract. And it really just comes down to, okay, let's hold something in escrow in a trustworthy fashion where people automatically get paid if, you know, uh, a certain amount of people sign off on whether or not it happened. Well, there's 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 lots of legitimate uses for smart contracts. Let's, let's not forget that multi-sig is probably the simplest form of a smart contract. So just a multi-signature transaction where... You lock funds, and one of two parties, or two of two parties, or whatever. Yeah, it's just funny because the smart contract example we really honed in on was didn't really need Ethereum. Well, no, no. Well, see, well, the question came to smart contracts, yeah. and like you know, so when you try to explain something, you take the simplest use case, and and but but then you know, if you expand on it, the question is, well, what if I want to add a shit ton of rules to that? You yeah. know. And then that's that's where you know the 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 need or the want for a Turing complete language that you can literally make it do anything yeah. uh, comes in, and you know, and I think there are valid use cases oh, for that. Yeah. A lot of people disagree, but so whatever. so you know how like right, real quick before we get off uh, storage, remember how AWS went down? Yeah. Oh yeah, that it happened pissed me after. Off so bad, dude. Yeah. And especially because GDAX was using well, AWS. See, and that's Storage's whole thing, though. So that's that's big for them because they're more nines. They're more nines. Oh my god! Yo, when they were talking about that's huge. Storage having that huge seven nines. Yeah. That versus AWS. That's what that means. I, no, yeah, the funny part is, I didn't realize AWS only had four nines. That, yeah, that's for something that you know trusted. Oh yeah, but the 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 crazy part about Storage is. Um, you know, each nine after that fourth nine is like incredibly difficult to get. Oh yeah, they're, they're you know, exponentially harder to get. Yeah, and not to say that storage will accomplish seven nines or whatever they they went out to get, but uh, you know, it's like it gets to be like one second of downtime is you, you can't have seven nine. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're literally talking about something that has like no downtime. Uh, but that that was an interesting claim well, that they're going for seven nines. Hold on, though. Let's let's just put this out there. Let, uh, as a question, how much downtime has the Bitcoin blockchain network, you know, the, the entire thing had? Throughout the last year? No, or? no, no. Well, I mean, say say throughout the history of it. But, I mean, so, like, last year, I think it was it was 100% uptime last year. Well, but, like, there was a couple little minor hiccups. In like 2000. A, a fork. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Five minutes? Yeah. I don't know. I have so, no idea. Uh, yeah, it's uh, so it's it's not a bad thing to use these distributed systems for uptime purposes. 
because they're good at that. What do you think about Laureen? She was interesting. She, she was, was awesome. a character. I, I loved her. Oh, let me let me let me show you the picture that I that I made for. Of course, it defaults here. Uh, so, tell me what you think. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, honey, I always want to hold on to my own assets. <laughs> yeah, she was actually there with her son. Um. Uh, what did he work? We should have interviewed her son. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> but I like I really have no idea what she was. Ari, she was nice. I really have Aris, no idea what Eris. E R E Y R I I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Whenever I Google Aerie.com.org. Aerie, that's what it was, yeah. Whenever I Google it, it takes me to a LinkedIn page, which is really confusing. I don't know. I don't know what that company does. And and we might know if we had talked to her son for more than two seconds. Well, we, we might know if we asked her. I don't think we were even interested. No, I don't think we were. It's just, well, honestly, it's it's. She was kind of fill time. We did, we had nobody for for that like twenty minutes. Yeah, you just like, hey, hey, you hey, want to uh, be you want to be our advisor? You want to be famous? Yeah. Bitcoin famous. Let's clarify that. Um, you know, Trump listens to our uh, podcast. Of course. I mean, we're we're pretty famous. We're we're, we're up there with uh, Fox and Friends. <laughs> I'm surprised you know about that. I don't. Oh, Jeremy Gardner. <laughs> Jeremy Gardner. That was interesting. That was funny when he was talk where you're talking about smart contracts and you're like, wait a minute, Jeremy, you don't think a smart uh multi sig is a smart contract? <laughs> yeah, he, like, oh well, you know. No, he, he eventually said, Oh yeah, it is. I mean he had to he had to think through it. Yeah. But yeah. Um and, you know, and so so we were talking to about about Andrew and Jeremy. They they fall into the same vein, the same boat. Um so so I pressed them a little bit on, on proof of stake. Because oh, man, neither one of them were able to answer well, questions about I mean, POS. That's, you know, that's that was honest. very well, disappointing. I, I asked the same exact question uh, to Taylor Gehring when he was on our meetup. And he wasn't able to either. He wasn't able to either. So nobody in Ethereum can actually explain, not not nobody in Ethereum, yeah, and you but, know, but all of the representatives who talk about the Ethereum Foundation. So you know who can? Everybody says. Vitalik and Vlad. Vitalik and Vlad. And, Those are the people everybody points to. And, and so uh, I would very much love to talk to these people. And Andrew Keys, if you're listening... I still haven't gotten your email about <laughs> syncing up with Vitalik or Vlad, and you said you would help us. So, uh, Andrew, I know uh, you're probably listening to all of our podcasts. If you can just make sure to send, send us that email, uh, we can get all of our questions answered by Vitalik or Vlad. I, I'll tell you. We'll probably actually get we'll, – we'll probably – dude, that will probably be a very tough – uh, interview because they'll be so much smarter than us. They'll well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to prep for it and read a bunch of crap. I'm sure just yeah. just so I can be educated about you know the sides of the issues. Oh but, god! But oh. to me, I, I would just like to hear a simple explanation, dude. Speaking of Vitalik, uh, he had a okay. So Vitalik was just interviewed. Okay, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I've been listening to other podcasts, trying to get a feel for like how other people run their 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 uh, gig. Um, and I want to talk about that real quick before I jump into this. Uh, to, so I I used to only listen to Bitcoin Uncensored and Epicenter Bitcoin. Uh, but I've been trying to listen to all you know a bunch of different stuff. One of the ones I listened to was um, the Bitcoin podcast, and uh, oh my god, do I have notes about that? Um, so, Mike, have you listened to the Bitcoin podcast ever? Not really. I don't listen to podcasts as religiously as some people. So I gave them a chance. I just wanted to listen to one of their episodes. And if anyone from the Bitcoin podcast listens to this ever, look, I'm not. 
necessarily hating on you. I had a small sample size of just one uh, episode. It was like episode 116 or something. But, oh my God, it seems so forced. I mean, I'm not sure. I think they, they do it like once a week. But, uh, you know, there wasn't really... It, it was just a lot of like very, very slow, a lot of long pauses. I mean, Low I like that stuff to be kind oh, of like that conversational. Was, that was one of my know? long pauses. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like for for us, it's definitely more conversational. I, I don't like the structured. Oh, there, like, theirs is conversational too. It's just the fact they have nothing to talk about. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it, I mean, like they have one guy that's kind of like running the show, and then there, he has like three people that talk with him. I mean, it's just low energy, and they and they end up for their podcast just playing like one of their interviews that they had. Um, and it's just like, holy crap, if we ever get to that point where it's like low energy and it just seems like we're not having fun, I don't think we should do this anymore because so, they do not seem like they're having fun. On the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what I have seen recently, have you, have you ever seen the crypto show? Yeah, I did like you, that one. Did you see the uh, mm -hmm. Roger Ver, uh, John just, Dilly? Well, they just released a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they from Anarchapulco. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so the, all right, like I was saying, I was looking at other podcasts and I looked at... Two. Are I'm you right. cheating on us? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I looked at I looked at two other ones besides Epicenter and uh, BU, and yeah. one was Crypto Show and one was Bitcoin Podcast. The Crypto Show, on the other hand, was very good. I really liked it. I mean, I haven't um, seen much of them other than that stuff, but I was I, I thought he was a good impartial, um, you know, kind oh, of moderator the, oh, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, deal. Yeah. And you know, he didn't seem very technical, but he, he I liked I liked how he he stayed unbiased. Yeah, he seemed very unbiased, and you know, and he was just trying to keep things calm, and you know, and, and it, that was like the best debate I think I've ever oh, seen dude, on the subject. That was great because it summed up everything. It summed up everything on both that, sides. Oh man, and you know, that's the thing is to me there was no new information. I Either oh. side, you know, no, no new, new information, information, but it was a great summary but of the arguments. And, and, and nobody called anybody a dickhead. Or <laughs> John know? was getting to the point where he was getting really frustrated. He was, he was getting frustrated. But he just so, a but, bit. but I mean, everybody was cordial. Everybody was polite, and it was, you know, okay. It, it was a so, good debate. So one thing I did not like was, and Tone, I doubt he's listening to us, but Tone, that I did not. I, I like on the other hand, I much, I much preferred the way john went about it then uh i felt like tone like there was no need for tone to go in after this topic had been dissected so hard and then just go in with his opinion and and really add no value and then really kind of like to me he he, sh he shat on hern and uh and gavin and Dreesen of course i mean for no reason like like i understand like yeah okay they uh gavin said Craig Wright was Satoshi. Get get over it. You, you know what I mean? Like Gavin's gullible. This is known. I mean, he uh, fell for it. But uh, I mean, you know why? Gavin's like a very nice guy. You know? Well, I mean, I mean the thing about it for for Tone to come in and say that Gavin Andreessen is incompetent with his code and that's why yeah, is it in, that is in the not, Bitcoin space? That is not or, what happened in any way shape or form. That I was like Tone you're literally just trying to create, like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't well, know. I mean, if he, he's trying so to create I, a, na a name for himself so hard I don't that he's that's going. The case, I think that's his actual worldview. Uh, I, I think he he honestly believes that uh, that Gavin Andreessen was no longer relevant as a developer, and that's why. He, yeah, but he, he but but, 
But Roger was asking him some question, and I don't get me wrong, I don't agree with everything Roger says at all. But I, I do, I do, I do like. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll just put it this way: to 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 grossly say like. Gavin and Dreesen and Hearn aren't in the Bitcoin space because their code sucks. It's just no, that's stupid. just wrong. Because Hearn, because Hearn, they're de- they're in the- wrote Bitcoin J and implemented SPV. No, no, like, but I'm I'm saying like Greg Maxwell did HD. You on, on neither freaking side you can say anything is they're incompetent. No, but or- but but I feel like this is this this is what Tone would say. Let's say Greg Maxwell get, goes out of the picture in like two years or three years from now. Well, Greg Maxwell isn't a good coder, and he just is incompetent. That's why he's not in the space well, anymore. I mean, I mean, and I, t- that, t- that's crazy. T- Greg is a Greg technical is, guy. I mean, he's, well, that's why he shouldn't be commenting on that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, like, in, in worse yet, all that stuff was dissected and 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 thought through through John and well, Roger previous. So here's the only the only beef that I had with the whole thing is what he kept saying and hammering over and over again is that he trusts the core development team and he doesn't trust the BU uh, development team. And my whole opinion on the matter is this shit is supposed to be trustless. I mean, honestly, if you have to trust a development team, we fucked up. You know, honestly, because it's supposed to be the choice of the ecosystem and it doesn't matter because the development team could totally be actively trying to fuck us over, but Bitcoin won't let it because it's honey badger, you know? So, so the uh, fact to say, oh, I trust them over them, that's not it. You, you know, it's not enough to trust somebody. You need to educate yourself on the issues and make an informed opinion. I do, I do want to say something about Tone before we get off this. Tone, if you're listening, I, I disagree with some of your argument points. I love, you know, I love you as a person. Like what, you know, I like your graphs more than your critique, though, on, on, on some of the technical stuff. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I would just be, I don't know, because maybe, maybe I disagree a little bit because I'm not of the idea that, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin core guys is the de facto way to go about future development. Maybe well, that's every, why, everybody lets but, their own personal biases creep in, and, and yeah. we got to try to guard against that. But I mean, it's impossible. I mean, we have views, and we, we want to voice our opinions on our views, and, you know, people try to justify them. I just, I just have a feeling, like, let's say we had Tone on our show again to interview, uh-huh. and, like, we wanted to dissect these issues. I don't know if I would want to, yeah, because there, there wouldn't be any content there as far as, like, you know, new information. No, it would just there be, wouldn't be any new information. It would just boil into just the same argument it, that he had with it, them. It, it, <laughs> it, like, it would just... It would just it would just make me feel like we're, we're shitting on people for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, and I, I really like Tone, personally, and, and you know, I like his, his, a lot of his work. I mean, he he does a good oh, job dude, his, with the technical. His, uh, I, I liked his presentation really in Miami cool. uh, yeah. before the hackathon. That was that was really good. I didn't see that. Even one. though even what though Juntas and Chris sh- uh, shat on him a little bit or gave him really hard questions, but uh, he was uh, he was literally saying that he predicted some of these. Uh, he, he he drew out some channels to certain dates, and he was actually right on. Yeah, some you know, I actually I, I believe that. You yeah. know, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for what he does. I mean, yeah, he. he <laughs> I mean, it's it's not an exact science. You can't predict predictions hard. So you, uh, let's see, let's see. I, I have some notes here. Um, oh, okay. Let's talk. I want to talk about the Vitalik uh, interview on Epicenter and Bitcoin. I didn't that was see great. that yet. That was great. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, it was great. Um, whether you believe in POS or not, I personally am, am of the thought of POS's 
Uh, you know, let's let's see. You know, jury's still out for me. That's oh, yeah. why I want my questions answered. Yeah, um, I'm definitely, you know, not of the I opinion just, that POS is a good solution yet. What I don't like is that so much of the Ethereum crowd just takes it as a given. You know, that's that's what I don't like. It scares me, honestly. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like Andrew Keys, Andrew Keys is. I I don't know if it's Andrew Keys. He's like in his own Ethereum bubble, and he doesn't hear like a you know, other opinion, but, you know, you heard, like, uh, Jeremy Gardner and him, whenever, you know, Krista Rose or Bitcoin Uncensored or Junseth comes up, it's immediately, oh, those guys, those trolls, oh, yeah, you can't take them seriously, and it's, uh, well, you, you kind of, you kind of lose out problem, on that conversation and skepticism. This is a problem on both sides, and, and this is, this is the problem, and, and this is the hugest problem on Reddit, people don't discuss ideas anymore, they discuss people. So it's it's not about like, like it, us. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, we shouldn't even be discussing the people so much as the ideas. Honestly, we shouldn't. So, so we, we're just talking about the people that we interviewed, and well, you know, I mean, honestly, we shouldn't shit on tone because it's well, it's really more about. Well, I mean, I'm not shit on tone. I'm just saying well, yeah. he, he's a. Uh, I, I don't think. I, I don't know. I just think it was kind of weird that he he was making those arguments so hard well, when the they've already is, been dissected so is, hard. This is not Roger Ver versus Greg Maxwell. You know what I mean for 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 the whole block size thing. It's not oh Roger Ver and oh Greg Maxwell, and it's it's everybody keeps doing this where they 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 deify one and they vilify the other or demonize them, and, and yeah, I mean they I, don't listen to anything the other side has to say, which is just not a way to come to consensus. You can't come to consensus that way. Yeah, but I think the argument for Roger Ver is he's dangerous to the community because of uh, Bitcoin Unlimited. And people actually see that as a threat uh, to un to destabilize. Which, if you do believe that, I understand why you well, would well, uh, demify or whatever you're saying well, to Roger. Hold Beer. on, well, let's let's look at what's going on with the other side now. So this UASF, right? You heard about that? Um, let's see, user accepted software. Yeah, I think I that's a new one for me. Like since last week. Right. Well, it's a new one which for everybody think, because so they rolled out the term. Which which. Going back to our Paul Stewart's interview makes yeah. sense now. Well, yeah, but I mean, I told you they can do that, but it would be political suicide uh, because <laughs> it doesn't sound like it anymore. Well, no, I mean that's because it hasn't happened yet. But in my opinion, what that is is it's a gigantic middle finger to the miners, <laughs> saying, "Hey, guess what? You guys don't matter in this at all. So we're going to go ahead and initiate this change anyway." And 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 guess what? The likely outcome of that is going to be a persistent hard fork. So, what were you going to say about the the user accepted soft fork? You're going to say something more about it, or that's I just okay. just said it. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if you were going to go further. I was going to. Uh, I mean, yeah, whatever. Okay, well, uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but uh, Vitalik, I really, really liked uh, his interview on Epicenter Bitcoin. Um, how he talks about this idea that I wasn't familiar with, and I'll tell you about it in case you weren't. Uh, but the idea was spawn camping, um, which like in Halo, yeah, essentially. Um, so, so for, I don't, I don't really want to talk about the POS POW debate because, like I said, obviously Vitalik's going to say POS is good, all that. But I want to talk about the uh, Vitalik's critique on POW. Uh, and he brings up this idea of spawn camping, which um, if, you, if you're new to, let me just explain it. If you have an algorithm or whatever that you're using to find the nonce, uh, like a SHA-256 uh, hash, right? 
Um, and then that gets exploited really, really hard. And you have to, uh, you know, let's say a nation state, you know, buys a, you know, a couple billion dollars or, you know, $10 billion worth of miners of SHA-256, A6. Okay, simple. Let's just change the algorithm, right? Well, here's the problem that Vitalik talks about, which okay. is... I think I get the analogy now. Yeah, spawn camping. So essentially, okay, yeah, first time it took, uh, let's say, and this is like grossly wrong numbers, but just for argument's sake, $10 billion to compromise the Bitcoin network to get a, a persistent or a, or a continuous like 51% attack. Okay, so now, okay, all the Bitcoin people, let's change the algorithm, make those ASICs invalid, you know, fuck it, this is, this is the wild, wild west of crypto, we're just going to change the algorithm because, uh, you know, this nation state has a bunch of ASICs. Okay, we change it to something else. So, spawn camping is, okay, now all, okay, let's say they change it to script. Yeah. Okay, well, sure, now you have to get script ASICs. Okay, and now the nation state uh, uh, gets a bunch of script ASICs. And let's say they have to spend $5 billion on the script ASICs. Okay, now it's compromised. Now they have to change the algorithm again. Okay, so essentially, eventually it's going to get down to there are no ASICs for that algorithm yet. They haven't been developed yet. And now everyone's using GPUs. And the cost of compromising the network uh, is very low because now you just need... Uh, GPUs. Well, GPUs or CPUs. Well, well and then yeah, yeah, CPUs yeah. can be compromised by botnet. <laughs> a large enough botnet. Well, that was freaking pwned. Okay, okay. But essentially, essentially what I'm getting at is um, if you keep changing the algorithm around, there won't be enough ASICs already in, in, uh, in the field. You'll have to use general purpose hardware like GPUs and stuff. Yep. And then, okay, now my GPUs can get a 51% attack. And then if you change the algorithm, I'm still using GPUs. And, you know, you don't have the, you're a bunch of ASICs yet. So, so this is interesting. Um, and, that's, and that's what he called spawn camping. No, no, that's that's a good analogy for spawn camping. And, and uh, okay, it totally makes sense to me. But here's the thing. I've actually thought down this line of reasoning before. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was something Peter Todd, believe it or not, had a post. Uh, Love that guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... We does, need to get Peter Todd on the show. We should actually interview Peter Todd. Yeah. I would, I would, he's, he's definitely a major contributor to the space. Dude, and he's, he's yeah. a smart guy. Um, so, so P Peter Todd, uh, he put forth an idea. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the actual details. So, so it, you know, because he, he actually had this idea that he didn't actually do a write-up for, but I remember him alluding to it in a string of comments. And it was, as a soft fork... To, uh, uh, you can't change the proof of work, but what you could do is soft fork it to add an additional proof of work criteria. And I thought that was an interesting fucking use case. So imagine this. So imagine if we we, we did fork it, right? And uh, we said, okay, well, we need to do it. But suddenly, imagine if we made, made a cryptocurrency that it was weighted with an ASIC-heavy system for like half of the hash, but the other half is a rotating round robin of bullshit, whatever. You know what I mean? So, in in, um, but you could do such a system, like a hybrid system, hybrid proof of work with two different uh, criteria for proof of work, and that would actually, I think, go a long way toward alleviating the spawn camping, because you know. Yeah, I I don't see it. I, I don't see how that fixes that spawn camping issue potentially actually well i mean what but, it does uh, is it creates different it creates decentralization through the fact that the actors so so okay 
So especially if, if you have two, one is SHA-256 unchanged, right? But you have to have that hash power. And additionally, you also have to find a block with the other, right? So the other is a round robin. So it just it's just a bunch of different fucking algorithms that cycles through. So I mean, but yeah, but that doesn't really solve spawn camping though. Because you you, well, get, you still have the original ASICs. Oh yeah. I mean, but but the whole the whole point is you you uh the whole point of spawn camping is the first one is always the hardest. So 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 the idea of okay, compromising the SHA two fifty six uh you know, ASICs percentage in the in the field you know, getting a 51% attack on that algo is going to be the hardest, but then the, the subsequent ones are going to be easier. So after you compromise that one, then you start, eventually you get down to general purpose hardware, mining the next algorithm, you're spawn camping because it's so easy to, to get uh, the next yeah. algo. Yeah, you're right. Now, I, all, all I, I I'm just saying, heard about this, so I haven't thought it through entirely. Um, well, anyways, it was interesting. I really like how Vitalik uh, makes you think. Just how Bitcoin Uncensored makes you think. I, I really like that about... Uh, about Vitalik, no matter how much shit he actually gets, uh, he does make me think. Vitalik um, is very smart. See, a lot. I, I don't know. I want to. I want to interview him and, and, and talk with him. I, I would just assume he's smart, especially after talking with Sean about how he, you know, Sean vouched for him, said he's really, really good at math and I mean, whatnot. It's it's to me, it's just I I gain my opinion just from having seen all of the interviews and everything that he's written so far. You know, it's, no. it's you know that's why I think he's smart. So. Yeah, like, uh, I don't think he's right all the time. Definitely not, you know. But he's, he's know. smart. He, I mean, he Vitalik's one of those guys where he might fizzle out into nothing, and we kind of just feel like, okay, we gave this kind of nerdy kid a big voice, or he might end up being like kind of famous outside of the crypto space. It, it's hard to tell. There's a lot of smart people, and that's what I like about this space is it does it does a lot of brain drain, um, and, and that's one of the big things about finance not 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 the modern fintech but finance in general it's been such a drain all of all of the people that would be engineers making shit and <laughs> making stuff cool they go into finance and build derivatives because it's profitable oh, yeah. and that's I mean, where they can make the most the, money the, the most money is in the the finance space exactly yeah. so so i mean instead of doing something useful cuz honestly what useful what well, what further use does does society at large have for a new derivative i mean it doesn't really add any value it just it just moves money from the hands of some into the hands of others so i don't know so i'm i'm glad to see this this whole area is is like a great big brain drain from a lot of different areas yeah. i like that um anyways it's uh it's almost kitan time we had reservations for uh, 9.30. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Any, anything else? Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this real quick. Um, well, there's a couple more things we can just glance over. One one is uh, I really like Krista Rose's interview with uh, the local Bitcoin trader in the UK. Have you listened to that? No. Um, essentially, this guy gets robbed. He got scammed. Um, and he got robbed beaten up. Robbed or scammed? There's a different... Yeah. <laughs> so well, he got I mean, mugged. Well, I mean, everything's a scam. Okay, but he got mugged. I, I'm I'm jaded because of you. But he got mugged. He got. Well, he got mugged, and uh, I think it's still TBD if he's going to get his Bitcoin back because uh, it was an escrow on local bitcoins. Uh huh. So we'll see. But um, you know, all that you know that reminded me of is listening to his interview reminded me of our BTM panel 
hearing about uh, you know, all the cash that moves around. Yeah, I don't know. It's just you, you should listen to it. It was a good one. Um, another one was uh, oh yeah, Scott in our Slack giving yeah. out the one Monero that no one claims. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw. I saw the comment. I didn't read too much into it. So, but so apparently, uh, Scott is big one, on Monero. One Monero, though. Yeah, but it's here's twelve the... bucks. It's not worth reading that wall of text for twelve bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the funniest part. He's like, all you have to do is run this command, then this command, then this command, and then you have to create a, a brain seed key here, and then all this, and then you run this, and then here's your one Monero, and then we're like. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> and, and then, like a week later, he's like, "Guys, that one Monero is still sitting on the slab." <laughs> it's one Monero. <laughs> no, you put no, a it's... one Monero bounty on something that is not worth. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, my day job, twelve dollars is not worth more than than you know, like five minutes of consideration at most. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. So if if you know how to use Monero, Fluffy, we're talking to you. Feel free to join our Slack and take it. I don't think Mike or I uh, will be taking that one Monero anytime soon. Sorry, Fluffy. I, I still haven't installed the GUI. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's pissed at me. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say, uh, so last uh, podcast we had Mike in Space uh, make us that intro. We need to interview Mike in Space, I think. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. we do. Um, so, so Mike in Space... Uh, made us that intro if anyone else wants to make us an intro or a funny ad or whatever uh we will be consuming those uh i don't know i think it'd be fun yeah we uh we also have uh graphics too on the, the podcast thing oh yeah uh, shout out to uh brandon brandon forgot his last name he's Anyways. never made up but yeah, yeah. Brandon, brandon's made, yeah, made us a really really nice, really awesome logo uh, for block logo time. yeah block if you go time. to soundcloud.com slash block time you'll see uh the cool block time logo he made Shout out to Brandon. Anyways, we have to go play Catan. Mike, I think the, the nonce has been found. Airblock's been sealed. See you on the moon, everybody. All right. Bye.